Hello, and welcome back to Why Not Here. This is a Toronto-based podcast, getting to know different artists in our city. My name's Quincy. I'm your host. Uh, welcome back, or welcome for the first time. Um, been a while since I asked this of you, so if you like this episode, uh, please do me a favor and you know subscribe, rate, share, anything that helps you know get the name out there. Um, that's that. I don't really have any announcements. I'm working on some exciting projects that I really can't wait, uh, for them to be shared with the world, but that's how, you know, the creative process goes as things are slow. So, um, yeah, in like in a while you'll, you'll see what we've been working on. Uh, it's all very fun and exciting. That's that. Um, I'm just going to introduce our guest this week. I'm really excited. For the second week in a row, I have a whole new type of artist for you. Um, So it's been a lot of new stuff this month. I'm really, really amped. Our guest this week, her name is Madeline Kane. She is a model. We've never had a model before. Uh, Obviously, I have a lot of questions for her. It's exciting. Um, Maddie is also a fellow Humber alumni. She graduated from the same program I did, uh, acting for film and television. She is also an actress. Uh, She recently did a play called Antigone, which is like a play within a play. It's like a play about putting on the play Antigone. I haven't got to watch it yet, but um, I'm dying for it to be released to the internet world so that I can watch it. Um... But yeah, we, we talk a lot about, you know, modeling and of course, acting in the film world. Um, and we really get to know her as a person. And this is, yeah, it's a really fun episode. It's interesting. It's enlightening. She is absolutely fantastic and was a joy to have on. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So yeah, <laughs> without further ado, get ready to meet Maddie Kane. you're so you're um the first guest that I have that's a model so a new type of artist yes an artiste (laughs) an artiste (laughs) um so I I remember when I kind of bumped into you at the keg once and I was asking about that and you um we talked like a little bit about it but how how did you end up uh getting started with modeling so from what I remember, back in 2018, I was basically 
being a like a trial model for I had a bunch of friends who were going to makeup artist artist school Mm. and I just was their model for you know slapping foundation on my face and I was like that's great um (laughs) and uh I started putting those pictures up on Instagram and just being like oh look at me I'm hot yeah and I had um the woman who is now my mother agent, she slid into my DMs and was like, hey, have you ever thought about modeling? I'm like, literally, no, I'm old and short. Um, <laughs> You're not even. <laughs> Nobody look up my birth date, please. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but I was like, no, like I haven't. And so she, um, uh, for those who don't know, mother agent is the person who's in charge of finding agencies for you. Uh, so we, okay. she was in Toronto and we met up and we, you know, talked and she got me signed to a Toronto agency that week. And then a couple months later, we went, uh, I suggested, why not Montreal? Uh, mm-hmm. Montreal is kind of like the fashion hub of Canada. That's where basically all the major brands are, uh, cosmetic, fashion, otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's actually where I do most of my work now. So I just drive out to Montreal every time there's a job and yeah. I've done oh, a few shoots. That's probably in... where you were when I thought you were in New York. It was Montreal. <laughs> probably. Where was probably. I recently? Oh my god, I can't even remember. I wasn't in Montreal though. I, I no, if anyone like asks me where what I've been doing the last week, I'm like, I don't know. I don't even remember. Like this morning, <laughs> it's it's pandemic. I rain. mean, you can just blame blame the pandemic. I, I, no one knows what's going on anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So I, are you like? I, I I just want to uh, ask a bit more. Like, I, I have a vague concept of, like, what a mud- mother agent is, but can we just, like, talk a bit about that? Yeah. So um, not everyone – sometimes people are scouted by specific agencies. So a mother agent, their job is to place you with agencies um, in different areas. Obviously, like, younger models will go to, like, Europe. Um, mm. My target – demographic or uh, target because they don't care about height I'm only five seven um they yeah, don't care about fashion it doesn't matter right exactly um they don't care about height in um Asia so much because it's a lot more shoots and less runway meanwhile mm. in, like Milan and Paris and Prague they only care about or they mostly care about height um mm. so my mother agent wanted to uh, she had a few clients in Korea and uh, I think it was Taiwan that she really wanted to get me out to, but you know, something happened in early 2020. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we're, that be? <laughs> we're allowed to travel. Um, but uh, mm. in the end, like I, I was talking to my mother agent and she's like, I, I want to keep you on as a client, but I don't want to take on any more clients. And mm. I just said, you know what? Like, I'm not sold on traveling. I'm a, like, I'm a very homebody. I love like my family, my friends. That scares the absolute crap out of me to like, I know everyone says you should travel and like, I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to be alone in a tiny apartment (laughs) where like, you know, apparently it's just like they throw in a model apartment. uh, They just throw all these like teenagers in there. And mm. we're all, they're all working models. And a lot of them, you know, we don't speak the same language. And mm. it, I'm just like, you know what? That sounds, that would have sounded great when I was 16, but mm. probably not now. 
Yeah, at 16, it's like sleepaway camp, but you make money. Exactly. <laughs> I imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Modeling is a very kind of nefarious thing of there, there's no protection for models. So that's mm-hmm. you get the teenagers and you end up a lot of models end up in debt. Luckily, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not in debt. I never had to travel and yeah. yeah, I didn't, yeah, I've never owed anything to my agency, which is like another thing of, you know, mm-hmm. we'll get it too much into it, but it's, yeah, it, it, there needs to be a lot more protection for especially younger models. I think a big part of why I've, I've had such a positive experience with modeling is honestly because of my age, because mm. people don't, people don't mess with me because I'm an adult. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just say, this is like what's happening. And like, I lay down the rules. I'm not afraid afraid to say no. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it is like definitely more common. Like I went to um, like summer camp with some girls who ended up being models at like 15 and, you know, they were going to, to Asia and, and Europe and stuff. And um, like, they would just be gone for weeks at a time doing gigs. And I always like, wonder what that was like for them and if it was like a a positive experience I know one of them has been a bit outspoken about the industry um but very like vaguely (laughs) of just like it's not great for for young girls all the time have you encountered any of that um honestly no I I had a relatively like positive experience with modeling um I think like you know, and this is like such a like privileged thing for me to say, but like the worst thing that I encountered was the money. Like mm. everyone thinks like you, you get, you get into a magazine and they're like, Oh, so you're getting paid the same as Gigi Hadid. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many. And that's, I mean, that's the whole delusion of social media as well. So many people were like, Oh my God, you're doing so well. You're doing so well. I do mm. like 90% of my shoots are, I, no one gets paid that's it's just really? for free it's for creative yeah wow so, still mm-hmm. so you do like you do a lot like you're busy you're getting a lot of work and you're getting like your face out there and that's, stuff but. exactly and it's it's all for um building your portfolio and you know there's no money behind anything that's not a product and unless it's for like an actual magazine and even then I, I've known people who were in Vogue and people who were in uh, uh, L and all these crazy magazines and they're like, oh no, and I, I didn't get paid for that. That's insane. I was I was in the like the online version of Vogue. I didn't get paid for that shoot, but like neither did the photographer. It was just us shooting and we submitted the photos and they got published. But people assume that they're like, oh, you got paid ten thousand dollars? No, we were in a park in Montreal. We're like, okay, let's shoot some pictures. That's wild to me. I feel like the creative industry is like the only industry where that happens. Like it's insane that like, so, you know, so much work that you do at the start is just like, oh yeah, you're just building your portfolio. You're just getting your face out there, but it's like, you're doing quality work. And like, can you imagine like being a lawyer (laughs) and you're like, you know, the first five years that you work, it's just for you know, it's just to, you know, build your resume and be like, I want all these cases. Like, you're and just going to do it for free. I did this case for creative purposes. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I guess it's like your internship if you do that. But I think I have a friend who went through law school and like her internship was paid still. So (laughs) that's tangent. You know, we, I know people who have been on like TV shows and they're, Mm. you know, they've got their name out there. They still do free work because they're like, well, if it's a good script, if it's a good shoot, if it's something that I'm passionate about, I'm going to do it for free, Mm -hmm. which is great because you know, obviously to work with somebody who's experienced, like an experienced actor's experienced director. Yeah. That's the only thing is nobody gets paid. And we just, you know, it's, it's kind of the delusion of people who aren't in in the industry think that that's like, some people think that that's really cool, but also some people think that that's like, we're getting used, but we're like, no, we're, we're doing this like voluntarily. Yeah. I think it's where, when you like, deciding when you draw the line or where of like, okay, I'm at the point now, like I've done enough for free. I have a big enough portfolio. Like I should like, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know if it's like different across the industries. Like, I, like I'm still like, not, I haven't really booked anything major. So I'm like, I'm still happy to do, you know, acting gigs for free if it's a really great project. Like I'm working on a film right now that I'm super excited about and I love working on and I believe in the directors and I hope they don't listen to this because I like I'm like I can't blow their ego too big. I swear to God, people are gonna be studying these brothers in like or their cousins. Um they're gonna be like studying them in film school one day. I swear to God, they're so talented. I swear. so for me it's just like exciting to get to work with them now while they're starting, you know? I, I swear we have like this other sense as actors of like that person's gonna blow up like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did I I don't want to name him but he uh, I'm gonna drop his name um Alexander Bourgeois he was a uh I did a short film with him a few years ago okay he's huge like he like I knew like the minute we did our read-through this guy is Leo DiCaprio River Phoenix incarnated (laughs) and he just has this like crazy charm he just stares at you and I knew I'm like you're gonna be big and I remember walking with him and talking with him and at this point he didn't even have an agent and I just said like you can do this I promise you and now like he's so big like there's no way he's gonna yeah (laughs) he's gonna gonna, like one hear this but like two like and if if you are listening to this and want to look up his IMDb you'll you'll see yeah I have to I'm I'm gonna have to when we're done this So uh, I'm curious about the transition from like acting to modeling, like how, because you're like, I think you're like a crazy talented model. I don't understand how people do what you do. So like, was there a learning curve for you or did it just kind of come naturally? It was, um, I've always had, I don't know if anyone believes in like astrology. I'm a Scorpio rising (laughs) and we have a weird like, eye contact thing of like this death stare of okay so I've always had that I call it I call it resting depression face everyone has resting. (laughs) (laughs) everybody has resting bitch face but like rest like you just look so sad you look like a like I always say it's like you're in the great depression and you're looking out at your field and it's arid and that's like the face but people love that for modeling. So I've always just, yeah. that's how I've, you know, posed seriously. Um, yeah. 
I think- well, you have like the big doe eyes and like delicate features and big lips like for the pout where it's just like <laughs> you just look like a sad little china doll that's literally <laughs> i mean people like people adore that i and i mean it works for you know the purposes um i think where i had to draw the line was that i found when i was acting is that I was Mm. seeing myself from the outside rather than working inside of like, how is this going to look rather than how do I Mm. feel? And so luckily I've remedied that now, but it's good to like catch yourself. And I think that happens a lot with models who transition from modeling to acting or vice versa is that you are constantly aware of how you look and that just does not like, it doesn't lead to a great performance. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, like going back and forth between the two of like, you have to be in a completely different mindset for each one. Mm-hmm. And now with, you know, how everything's online now with there's Zoom and you have to make your own self tapes now, is <laughs> I have to turn the camera off or else yeah. I just like, how do I look in this? You know, I it, and I stop caring about the performance and I care more about like, how's my hair look and blah, blah, blah. Like you yeah. have to turn the camera off and especially on Zoom. You're just yeah. constantly like staring at yourself. Always. I always have to hide it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. I, and also when it comes to photo shoots, the, it is a performance in itself. I love to make up little stories if, uh, it, for the photo shoot, like, oh, I'm now I'm traveling through Rome and this is the, these are the faces I'm going to make in, in front yeah. of the fountain, in front of the Colosseum. And, uh, yeah. And it just helps me and it just makes it more fun for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I think that's just my goal is have fun. You know, yeah. if nobody else likes it, well, that, that sucks for them. But I'm here to have fun <laughs> and play. And were you, uh, were you someone who always kind of wanted to do it or it just the opportunity presented itself and you're like, let's try it and you ended up loving it? Or? I, that was it. I just – I never – I never thought I would could be a model. I liked photo shoots and I liked helping out friends who were, you know, in the creative crazy? industry. And I, you know, I got the opportunity. I'm like, oh, this is a job. And it, yeah. I, it's been a lot of fun. I, I'll mm-hmm. be sad when I can't do it anymore. But um, yeah, I, yeah, it's just one of those things that, oh, crap, I'm kind of like, I kind of really like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that day comes? I feel like um, times have changed a bit more where it was always like, you know, models were always like just teenagers. And once you're 22, you're like old, you know? Um, But I I do feel like, especially in print ads and stuff, I'm definitely seeing a greater variety in age. It's, I mean, it's just kind of a great thing to be a part of because Mm -hmm. you can see the transition you have a lot of people in these lead creative positions that are very traditional in the the fashion sense of they like what they like. Mm-hmm. Um, my agency in well, both of my agencies in Toronto and Montreal, but I'm specifically talking about my Montreal agencies. Mm-hmm. They uh, specs specs models. They represent models of all ages. Okay. Um, very proud to represent older models curve models, every shade of the rainbow. It's just excellent. Like it's, it's just nice to be a part of that Mm -hmm. and see that you see the work that, especially the older models, they, they create, and it's just kind of like 
a beautiful thing. It's just, it turns into art because mm. whether these, I, I'm not sure if a lot of them were um, models when they were younger, but like, it's just this magnetism and they can create. And I think if you just, it's hard, it's hard to like get out of that box if you're in it. So I understand where the creative directors are coming from. They're like, Oh, this is how I've always done it. But mm. as soon as you, as soon as you break out of that box of this, what you think modeling should be. And you open that up to different sizes, to different colors, to different uh, yeah. ages into into all different types as well like you, you just you open up this like beautiful creative world and you create art instead of creating kind of what people expect of photos and what you expect to see in fashion mm. and do you find sometimes it's like going into a shoot you know, you'll have an idea of what it's going to be or the creative director will, and it, it just kind of pivots when you're there and becomes something different. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those things that if you're, if you work well with the photographer and I've, I work well with like, I'd say like 99% of my photographers. Some photographers are very like, you know, not very communicative. They kind of don't really know what they're, they want out of the shoot, mm. but when you're working with a photographer and you get to work together, yeah, it it evolves into something you're both proud of because you're you're letting them do their thing and you're letting yourself do your own thing of like let's mm -hmm. do this. So when you come to a shoot with this collaborative um, mindset, in this like let's just see where this goes instead of like we have to hit all these shots, shot, shot, shot. That's, yeah. I mean, that's production. That's what you expect from a commercial shoot. But when it comes to artistic, creative um, col collaboration, it, it becomes like so much more than that. And you can really create some amazing things if you just like let your guard down. I think when it comes to uh, photo shoots, you really have to be open. And if, if you're not mm. open, you're creating a product. Which is fine if you're creating a product, but if you're yeah. <laughs> if you want to make art, you you really have to be like release yourself and say let's let's see where this goes. I kind of like the way you're talking about it. Sounds like um, acting for commercials versus acting for like film and TV. Absolutely, yeah. Or like the difference of being on a commercial shoot versus like a, a creative shoot or a narrative shoot. I guess I would say. Absolutely. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I love shooting commercials, um, but it's the, the commercial. Different. Yeah, they, they just, they have to hit every shot. They're like, well, we need this shot of the product. Yeah, the client and, wants what the client wants. Exactly. So you got to for sure get that done. And then. And those yeah. are, those are always stressful shoots because I think that there's so many cooks in the kitchen for those that they just have to, uh, you know, they just have to hit every mark and they have mm. to, they're time constrained because there's just so much money put into it and there's a lot of pressure to get everything perfect. And obviously that happens on TV shoots as well, but there's mm. less of that pressure and it's more like, okay, we're going to take this again, but let's just slightly do it differently. Yeah. Do you, I, I can only imagine like the amount of pressure that would be on you as like, 
the model when if you have the room full of like like if the clients in the room or something and there's the photographer and there's all these like people who want a very specific thing from you and you're just like not giving it to them yet like have you ever found yourself in that situation yeah yeah You could just, you can feel it. You could just, you're like, I'm going to cry. I Don't cry because your mascara is going to run. You're going to ruin the makeup. Oh, you're going to set everybody back. yeah. But you're just doing it. I think like the worst I felt on a shoot, and I won't specifically say which one it was, yeah. but it was, we were, I was with a bunch of other models and, and I've worked with this, this photographer again. So it wasn't like any bad blood or anything. It was just yeah, like, yeah. they it was a more experienced model and she was like doing this and doing the poses. And then I was going up and I was doing what I know and what I'm comfortable with and how I am as a model. And then she just said, Oh, just copy, you know, Lucy. It wasn't, it's not her name, but I was like, just do what Lucy does. And I just went, yeah. Oh, like I'm bad. (laughs) I felt so insecure in that because I was like, Oh, she's amazing. And I can't do what she does, but you know, in the end, I kind of met in the middle and I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of do what she does. But again, I'm not her. I don't move the way yeah. she does. I don't shoot the way she does. So when it's so like, I think like as an outsider looking in at someone doing modeling work, what blows my mind is like just the awareness you have of what your face is doing and what your body is doing and what is going to look aesthetically pleasing to the lens because like, I mean, what she does, if she's on a certain angle, your face on that angle might not look as great, you know, like it's like, or if you put your arm a certain way, like, it's just, you look completely different. So what works for one model, you could do the exact same thing and it's not going to look as good when you do it. And so it's like, how do you, like, how do you figure out that for yourself like how do you figure out what what's going to end up looking good to the camera exactly it's a it's it's kind of this thing of like I know what works for me and in a way I I see a lot of repetition in my work but that's just because like but you're looking for it because I could I couldn't tell you I I don't see it exactly I'm like I know like the faces that work for me and I know my angles mm. but I'm also I'm kind of just not afraid to look ugly in photos mm. like I, I I always shoot from like below my chin but I'm like because I know I I have when you shoot below from Mm. a lower angle you get more my jawline so I Mm. will I will pose up and people be like oh look down look down like no no you don't want to see the top of my head you want to see the bottom of my jaw like trust me yeah so it's you know at the you just have to be true to yourself and be have that integrity of like this is what I know looks good I'm gonna try and help like obviously meet in the middle for product shoots, you know, you just have to pose the way you have to pose. But, um, so how do you, how do you figure out what looks good for you? Like, is this something that you've learned just from seeing the photos come back or like, do you practice this in a mirror? Like I have literally no idea. (laughs) It's literally just like, there's so many thousands upon thousands of pictures of myself. And I, I have a bit upset. Like you just get obsessed with like what looks mm. good and you're like, okay, that kind of, but it's also in the moment, you know, if it feels good or not. And obviously mm-hmm. a good photographer will tell you like, that looks bad. Don't not do fun. that anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, that's, that's how I know I like to be photographed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, you, you just, you know, after a little bit and you just know, you're like, yeah, this looks good on other people, but I know the way I pose and I know yeah. my angles. So what is your favorite shoot that you've ever worked on? Shoot. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it, it's hard to like choose because it's like, everything is so good for like different reasons. Mm. And it, because sometimes it's the shoot itself and sometimes it's the photographs that come out of it and you're like, how did that happen? Um, yeah. So I, it just like, for example, like I did a shoot a couple weeks ago. I already posted this. It was um, uh, uh, with a photographer in Toronto, Alyssa Lancaster on Instagram. She, mm. she, we were at a restaurant, me and my friend who's a makeup artist. Uh, and she was our server and she she casually just brought up that she was a fashion photographer and we're no like, way let's add us on instagram and then uh like i was like i was, I was so drunk that I, just, like, <laughs> I had forgotten about it and then the next morning i like looked through her instagram and i was like oh she's good oh shit yeah. like i got so nervous um but she uh yeah we we met up she there was a her studios in her home and we were we just kind of came up with this idea of kind of what we wanted we're like oh there was this Versace ad with uh Kendall Jenner that had this like wet Mm. mermaid kind of look with high fashion and so Mm. we went there kind of made it our own with like wet hair but like different mine's like not Mm. as groomed and Mm -hmm. we just kind of created this magic and that's kind of where it comes from of uh the the collaboration of let's just see where this goes because obviously if you try to replicate something if we're like oh we're gonna do exactly what this ad did it's what's the point yeah there's there's no point like okay well there we have our picture now it's done like no and then it just it just evolves from there and that was just one of the best shoots because we were just so we were all excited that was my my friend who's a makeup artist that was her first her first like portfolio shoot and she was so nervous and it looked great it was the first time I've shot since February and that was in August so yeah I was really nervous and then yeah and our our photographer she was like oh yeah I I quit that job because I just realized this is what I wanted to do so in the time that what a turning point for like all of you (laughs) she was she just had realized she's like I don't want to be serving and she's like I'd rather just kind of be in the struggle yeah and, but create what I want to create and then we ended up making magic and literally as soon as those photos wow. came out I was like my agents were like oh yeah your photos are so good um people want you for like I was up for option which is like basically mm-hmm. you're up for up for a job but they just need to like confirm but like I got like three of those in one day wow so that was yeah, I'd like that's such a cool thing about living in the city too. Is you just you meet other artists everywhere you go. Like, I swear we're creative. like magnets for each other because like I don't know if it's just that there's so many out there or if it's like for some reason it's like you have a sixth sense where you're like I'm gonna chat with this person. I feel like they're doing interesting things. Like I don't know. <laughs> it's in it, the great thing about the city is that I think everybody does something to some creative end, especially I don't know, just in the circles mm. that. I go in but it's like you need to put yourself out there because if you don't bring up that you're an artist no one's gonna guess yeah no like 
I mean, I would guess you're a model by looking at you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Starting down the sidewalk. Literally. Weird techno music just follows me around. <laughs> you just walk everywhere like you're on a catwalk. It's just like... <laughs> With the, the resting depression face. Resting depression face. <laughs> it's real. Anyone who knows me, they'll be like, yeah, she looks sad all the time. I'm like, I'm never sad. Yeah. That's, that's the great part. I've I've said this before. I have resting ha- like happy face, which is just I'm too approachable. Like living downtown is not good. Like oh, I've been no. trying to develop resting bitch face and I can't. Like everyone's like, she looks like she'll talk to me. <laughs> She's like, gonna no. help me out. Like Yeah, no, I just always gonna... walk around with like a bit of a smile and people are like, She's approachable. Let's fuck with her. <laughs> like, no. Oh my god. Oh, God. Okay, so I want to talk about acting, too, of course. Um, So I, when I looked up your IMDb, I noticed you were on Ginny and Georgia. I was. I I play sophomore teen. Okay, yeah. I I haven't watched the show yet. I just know it's, like, it's very popular and people keep recommending it to me. So maybe now I'll, like, check out the episode you were on and, like... (laughs) Let's go from there. He's great. I I I am in the third episode. I have one line. I'm okay. If you blink, you will miss me. That's like oh. <laughs> but uh, that was one of the great experiences is just to see how much that show blew up. I yeah. we shot that in um that was in September 2019, so like almost two years ago now. Oh god, a long time ago. Yeah, and it just came out earlier this year. Yeah. So I'd I'd almost forgotten about it because I I have one line and it's, you know like yeah yeah I didn't know how big this was gonna be and then now there are, did you know it was for Netflix though I did yeah so yeah. I I knew that it was going to be but after once you shoot something and you don't see it come out for a little bit there's always that thing in the back of your mind of oh it didn't get picked up you're like oh it got canceled oh, something happened <laughs> yeah um, yeah but. And I was just excited. And then when it was announced it was coming out, I was like, oh, I got cut out of it. 100% I got cut out of it. And so I'm yeah. like, <laughs> there's always shit. that possibility. Could you imagine you're telling everyone, you're like, yo, guys, watch it. I'm in the third episode. And then you never come like, I was so nervous that I forgot, like, which scene I was. I was, like, like watching that. I was like, yeah. is this it? Is this it? Um, yeah. But that's 100% a possibility. And you know, I've been I've been cut from things before, but I was like, I oh, would no. my my heart would break if I was cut, but I wasn't. But like yeah. my line was so innocuous, it was so like you could easily cut me out. But I'm so glad I was in. But you made it. You made the cut. Yeah. Okay. What was that set experience like? It was it was like super quick. Um, mm. You know, I I remember like booking it. Uh, my agent called me. He was like, Oh, by the way, you got Ginny. And Dr-. I was like, Really? Like mm-hmm. that was that was it. That was the line that got like yeah. I, of all the hundred auditions that I don't <laughs> book, this is the one. You always okay. hear of people when they book, and I've I've had this of when you book, you leave the room and you're like, I got that. Like that's mine. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but that was one of the auditions where I walked in. I was like, Yeah, I, I did good, but like I'm never gonna think about that again. Just because you yeah. have to get used to that like rejection of like yeah. you do your job and then you leave that behind. And I somehow booked that one. I was very, very excited. And, you know, Mm -hmm. getting on set and seeing all these very, like, experienced actors and having um, – my scene was with uh, Sarah Weisglass or Weisglass. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but 
She, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's been on uh, Degrassi and like all these huge TV shows and movies. And I'm just like, oh, hey, I'm here to say two line, two words to you, and then I, I leave. <laughs> yeah. And but yeah, I just admire how much work goes into that show. Like, there's so many details that mm. you would just never think of. You know, the, we were sitting there and they're adjusting the lighting. They're like, there was a light on a popcorn machine that they were like trying to get to work, and like that's the mm. detail that goes into it. Like. You know, yeah. I guess that's why I'm not in production of, <laughs> I wouldn't notice that stuff. But They put so much work into it. Mm-hmm. They like filmed something at the gym I like train and coach at. Um, this was like a couple of years ago now. And my coach has like, he also works at the jail. Like he, he has this regular full-time job and he owns the gym and coaches. Like, I don't know how, when he sleeps, mm-hmm. but um, he was like, cause I, I'm, I was waitressing at the time. I work evenings. So he was like, okay, I need you to like babysit the gym for the day. Like you're the ambassador or whatever. So I was just kind of there. Like I just hung around on the film set all day and like watched them and made sure they didn't trash the place and help them find things and like approved or disapproved stuff like drilling a screw into the wall and like whatever shit like that. Um, But what I found hilarious is like they wanted a set that was an MMA gym. So they picked a real MMA gym, but then they were like, no, 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 we have to make it more obvious. (laughs) So they brought in like all this set deck. They brought like these big posters. They had built a cage because we had a ring, but we didn't have a cage. And then I just remember like watching them bring all this stuff in. And like, it was really cool to just like watch the film set all day and like not have a job to do. Like I just get to hang out and be there. Um, But like they I don't know how long it took them. They built a whole cage. They didn't even end up using it. Oh my God. Like, like they brought it out and they were like setting like the cameras and the lighting and everything. And they were like, you know what? It doesn't work after all. Like, let's get it out of here. I'm like, it's crazy. Like, I mean, that's like, like the, the amount of work you built it and brought it to the set. <laughs> and then you have to like, just pack it up and take it back. I don't know. It's, it's crazy how, you know, we just don't have eyes for that. Cause we're like, you know, I'm not, in production, but yeah, everybody seems to have that. Like, no, this isn't gonna do. When you know, in my mind, like that looks fine. Like, oh, looks no, no, no. Yeah. They know it's not gonna work because yeah, they've done this for years and years. And that's I, I totally admire anyone in production's job. I think you know, one day oh, yeah. maybe maybe I, I'll have that eye, that discerning. You know, not everything's just oh, that's fine. Like, no, no, you have to be like very hard yeah. and put your foot down. Well, there's like the the perfectionism aspect to it, right? Which like I think every like artist faces, but it's like that's not your thing. So you're like, oh, it looks fine to me, but that's what they do. So they're like, no, 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 it's not perfect yet. <laughs> we can make it so, perfect. And if you've ever like filmed an audition and sent been like, okay, well, which take do you like? And you've sent it to like somebody, they're like, they're the I same know. movie. What are you talking about? It's this you, the they're like, why don't you have an Oscar yet? Like, be, like I can't. <laughs> I know. I can't choose. But, like, that's our version of the perfectionism, you know? That's why I hate self-tapes. Because I'll, I'll record them all and I'll know in my head. I'll be like, okay, the second last one was the best. Like, I know that was the best. I'm still going to watch all 50 takes <laughs> and, like, drive myself fucking insane for two hours and then pick the one that I knew was the best anyways. Like, I, I don't know why I do this to myself. And then when it's, you get down to, like, um, 
oh, I looked up at this second and that was a great moment. You just have to like put your phone down and walk away because at that point yeah. you're just going insane. Yeah. That's Yeah. I did that like I'm doing the world monologue games and nice. like I had like three weeks notice to record the next version. So I recorded them like right away and then I need – I like watched them. I was like, no, I need a week. Like I took a whole week off. I was like, I'm going to come back to this because <laughs> I'm just going to drive myself nuts. But like I sent – like I had three takes I liked the best. I sent them to three different people. I was like, okay, two – at least two of them are going to pick the same take. They each picked a different take. I was like, well, <laughs> that did not help me at all. <laughs> at that point, you just say, explain your reasoning. <laughs> Why yeah. this take? Yeah. No, you just got to go with your gut at a certain point, right? But that's what I'm hating about self-tapes is mm. that, you know, in a regular setting, you just go in, do your audition, and it, that was it. You just – Yeah, you, you have just no do control. the best you can do, and, like, that's the best you can do. It's it, And it's <laughs> great for, like, the, the one-line parts of just, like, oh, hey, here's your coffee, and then that's the best you can do. It, it is helpful to see yourself and analyze your performance, but the obsession is mm. – it's almost unbearable, especially when it comes to, like, longer takes. And then you're just in your house having mental yeah. breakdowns because you can't get over one line and just – Yeah. Oh, man. For me, it's always, like – when it's like the longer scenes, it's like, okay, this take, I love the first third of it. And then that take, I love like the end. And then this take, I love the middle. And it's like, I wish I could just yeah, how put do them I together. Become, uh, <laughs> expert, uh, what can I cut away to that I can splice these clips together? Right? <laughs> no. Gotta be continuous. And that's another thing. I, I help a lot of actors, like actor friends with their self-tapes. I read for them. And mm-hmm. They, they, ha- I can see them breaking down over this one thing. I say, you know what? Like, it, you don't even worry about it because they're going to be cutting away from you. It's not natural to watch yourself while somebody it's, else is talking. It's so not, yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, I'm just like, as long as they can kind of see you, you know. Yeah, it's it's crazy making. Okay, can we talk about Antigone? Yes, let's. Oh my god. Okay, I haven't like I saw like the movie poster. I've seen like some yeah, I haven't like tell me about the project. Like how did you get involved? What's like your kind of role without like, you know, any spoilers cuz I'm going to watch spoilers. it. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. Um it was yeah, um, I'm excited. <laughs> it was um so Tara Patterson who directed it. Um mm. she she was actually graduate of Humber. I heard that name. Okay. That's why I know that name. I was like, she was, I think she was a year above me. I can't remember. Um, okay. I'm drinking coffee. Um, so she had messaged me saying, Hey, I, uh, looking to put this show on for fringe because this year Mm. it was still digital. I think there was a few like in-person shows of like outdoor settings. Um, unfortunately I didn't out to any of those but yeah uh she said hey would you like to audition for this role um and I hadn't heard of the play before I was like okay great like you know and I auditioned over zoom and uh we yeah she said great we're gonna do um rehearsals over zoom I can't remember if this was in April or May and then we filmed in June so we had this year mm -hmm. okay so we were always like rehearsing over zoom uh, mm. which was again where I learned how to like turn off my camera because I was like I can't <laughs> yeah. I can't be obsessing over what I look like 
yeah. when I'm trying to like do this this beautiful script. It's it yeah. The writer Missouri uh, Shakar is uh, like this is just it's the best like teenage girl writing I've ever. So it's it's a play within a play, right? It's about a group of girls putting on the play Antigone, or yeah. So it's okay. Um, we we do a condensed version, so there is like about twenty minutes of the original play that we didn't. Um, we did not uh, include just for time's okay. sake for Fringe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, Catholic, a bunch of Catholic girls trying to put on um, Antigone uh, mm-hmm. for their show. And it it's more about the story around the girls, the relationships. Um, there's a lot to do with uh, sexual identity, um, mm-hmm. morality of this, you know, I don't want to get, too spoilery but there's a very big situation of like a very complicated situation with involving the older teacher which i'm guessing (laughs) you guys can guess Um, yeah and you know how how do you how do you navigate that especially so this Mm. takes place in the 90s this is pre me too but it was written to kind of reflect that time Mm. um it, it's it, it's one of those plays that as soon as I read it, I was like, this is, I mean, I, how do I do justice to this? I don't know. But it just, it just hit so many, so many of our cast members. It, and it was weird how it was cast because it was just like mm. every person related so much to their character and just said, I've been in this situation or wow. uh, I've been something similar. I had a friend go through something and yeah yeah it was just like very intense and like learning about that and we had a session of just like talking um Mm. talking to like as ourselves just being like you know what have you gone through that's similar to this and it's just like oh my god like it, it it's crazy what people can hide you know yeah I I think that's one of the things I really love about theater is like you really take the time with it. You know, you take the time to connect to each other and to the script and to like be vulnerable with each other and like build those relationships and explore it. And I think like, I love, I prefer TV and film, but like, I think that's the beauty of theater is like, just you take the time that you wouldn't take in like on, you know, film acting or screen acting. You really get that time to, sit with your character and be like how, mm. what am I going to do with you <laughs> yeah you know the thing with tv and film production film production is a little bit different because you do get a little bit more time but tv production mm. just seems like you get the script and it's like go go at it um yeah but also you have to if you if you're in a in a tv show and you're playing the same character for 10 years like that's a mm. difference between okay well I'm playing this character for 90 minutes yeah. Um, but what I mean is like when you're talking about, oh, you got around and talked about like the character and if you've been through something similar and like how you can relate to them. Like I just think those those are the type of exercises that are way more common in like theater. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's totally fine to not relate to a character as well. That's just where you, you get to yeah. act. But I just find – challenge with with. <laughs> I, I feel like also when someone said, well, I don't really relate to this person. It's like, well, you do. You just haven't found their humanity yet. You know your you own. You find the common ground. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even people who are playing 
awful people, like the mm. villains. Everyone can yeah. find something within themselves. And it's like, if you can't, you yeah. need to do some, you need to find that. If you can't, yourself. you're lying to yourself. Okay. <laughs> you need to dig a little deeper. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was, I was watching or listening to some interview with Laura Dern and she said like, there's a reason you're given every character that you're given. And sometimes mm. when you find that you are, something is hitting a little too close to home. Well, that just means that you have to play it. Like there's just no other choice. You have to work through that with the character. And that that's your gift basically of. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I found like uh, Jonathan's like my favorite acting coach. I feel like I mention him like all the time on this podcast. (laughs) Actors imagination studio, go check him out. Um, But he has like, I don't know. He has like some psychic ability to always give me exactly the script I need. Like every week when I'm doing sessions with him, every single week, he gives me a script that I'm like, I read it and I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) How did he know? (laughs) But it's also like, it's just one of those, I always call it like, it's kind of the horoscope delusion. Like we we don't see true, things as themselves. True. We see them as ourselves. So we're reading a script and being like, oh my God, this is exactly what I'm going through. But it's just because that's so taken over our bodies and our minds that mm. we'll find it in anything, right? Yeah, So that's true. But it's just that that's a good sign though. It means that mm. you are able to find that and you're, and, and you're able to take that on mm-hmm. and challenge yourself and say, I'm going to do this regardless. Like, yeah, you know, there's so many actors who are like, oh, I can't take on this role. I can't take on this role, which is fair enough. If you, if you don't want to, that's. Who says that? I don't think I've ever said that. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I don't have the privilege of doing that. <laughs> but, no, uh, but I don't think I would. Like, I can't think of like, unless it's like, I don't want to do nudity. Like I don't, I don't see myself don't being like, like, just in terms of me, like not being able to relate to a character as easily. I can't see myself looking at a role and being like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Unless it's, like, like, offensive or, like, I hope that I never have to do that. I hope that I always meet something, like, head on. Even if I'm going Mm -hmm. through something that is exactly what that character is going through, I just say, well, this is how it's going to work out. This is what the universe gave me, and it's time to – that means you're uniquely suited to do it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That means you can do it justice in the way no one else could, even though it's going to be, like, really fucking hard for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's – you you're it's everything happens for a reason right it's you're given something Mm. because there's something within you that has to get this out yeah big believer in the universe aligning (laughs) Mm -hmm. so back to antigone how did you said you filmed it so was it kind of you got like did you put it on like a play and it was recorded or did you shoot it a bit more film style because of like the fringe format so we um, we filmed it at Alumni Theater downtown. So we were mm-hmm. in still in kind of like a theater setting, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of add to that uh, feeling. You're actually watching it, but then we filmed it Birdman style. So we did every scene uh, as one take, mm-hmm. and then we would transition between the scenes um, by like you know okay. panning over to something and then panning back into the cool the subsequent scene. Um, but that that was so intense because it was it was theater <laughs> where um, yeah you're just you're playing it live but I've never felt that 
pressure to be like, I can't fuck this up because mm. you fuck up the end of the scene and it's like, okay, well, back to ones. We got to reshoot this whole scene. And uh, I think it's the third scene in the play uh, that I think it was like a 15 minute take. And oh I, <laughs> uh, I had the last line of the scene and whenever yeah. it got down because it, it's basically like four scenes put into one it goes from like this conversation to this conversation to this one to this one and so you know the cameraman's running around and we're trying to all just like be present and be in this moment and it comes mm. down to um, um anika the who plays my best friend in the play and i having this conversation and we're like whispering and then it mm. pans out to reveal everybody and then I, I had the last line and every time we cut after that, I just like, we would just fall. Like, it, cause we had this same of like, we can't, we, we had this like connection of like, don't fuck yeah. this up. Don't fuck this yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It was very intense and it was weird because like I've done theater before and I've never felt that pressure of like, now I can't fuck it up, but it's just because it's like, oh, everybody's watching. And if we do have yeah. to do the whole thing, if you fuck up in theater, you move on to the next thing. And no one knows it's not recorded. They don't know what was supposed to happen. Exactly. Because like I've been there in theater and someone else that I'm in a scene with forgets their line or skips over a section. And it's like, okay, I'm going to adapt and it's going to work out. And the audience never knows. I know. You know, I go out to my best friend and I'm like, hey, we missed a whole chunk of that scene. And she's like, oh, really? Like I had no, do- no idea. Yeah, exactly. But if you're, you know, filming it and someone skips over a section by accident, like you just have to go – do the whole thing again mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah, that was it, it was intense it was an intense experience and That's i mean good. added on like the covid protocols we had to do um, oh right it was i it was the only thing i've like filmed i've done photo shoots in covid times but like it's the first thing i filmed and mm. it's like when you're not on set you have to wear your mask and we all get tested yeah. before and because this yeah. is like pre big vaccine rollout so like we were just all like oh my yeah. god and um yeah and it was like time constraints we had, we, had to, we only had the theater for like two days and we had to jam everything in so oh, i was gonna say how long did you two, two days, days to film it mm-hmm. two days um and yeah it was just a i just an amazing experience i i'm so glad that it happened uh everything just came together so magically and it was pretty well received. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it's, it was one of those things is like, I don't care what anyone else thinks of this. This is the proudest I've been of something in a very long time. So yeah. What a beautiful feeling. I love that. So, so I, I, I'm, what, what was, was it like doing theater when there's no audience? Like, did, did you feel the difference of not having that like energy of a full house? It was, it was crazy of like, I was so ready to do this as a theater production where everything is mm. big and everything is um, projected. But then mm. when you have the camera in your face, you just have, it's just you. So you have to adjust your performance down because that's how I'd been yeah. rehearsing it. I'd been rehearsing it out and, um, you know, expressive, but then they like you get this this lens shoved in your face and you go Mm -hmm. oh I can't do that I I just have to be real and so it was kind of a nice thing of because this is such an intimate play and Mm. this the characters are just so and everything's very secretive everything's very hush hush 
that mm-hmm. I was able to dial that back and dial it down and just focus on the relationship, which is kind of a nice thing because that wouldn't have translated on stage. No one could mm-hmm. see that happening if you were in the audience. Uh, but I yeah. think this is just one of those special scripts that um, scripts and stories that I, it really worked well for it. Um, can where can like people go watch it still? Is it is it living on the internet somewhere? I um, so it was part of uh, Digital Fringe this year. Um, yeah, it will be released at some point. Um, we're still trying to figure that out, but okay. I will let everyone know when it is. Um, yeah, we want to watch it. Also, we we're also thinking of uh, we want it. Hopefully, take it live. Um, if not, oh, we were also cool. thinking of doing the entire show because, uh, like I mentioned before, we were missing the first about twenty minutes of the script just for time's yeah. sake. Um, yeah. But I think it just sets it up so well, and it sets up a lot of the relationships and uh, power dynamics. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you get you still get it with that last bit, but I think just that little extra. It's you know everything's written for a reason, so yeah. he, to have that included would would be great if we could eventually film that yeah it'd be like i don't know that's cool to to know that like maybe it's not over and you can go back and like (laughs) get to experience that again and like play with that script again Mm -hmm. yeah all right i have to bring up reality too so like of course (laughs) oh no (laughs) actually my internet connection's gone (laughs) i Actually, um, she cut out now. <laughs> um, no, so like, are you, uh, well, I guess now that we've talked about like doing a lot of work for free still, um, I'm, I'm guessing you're not a full-time artist. Like what do you do I- in between gigs? The day job. <laughs> what's it, what's it your a, Joe job or Jill, Jill job? job? So I've, um, uh, I was in restaurants for the last Oh my God. Since 2015. I can't do math. Yeah. But six, six years. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't worry. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was, uh, you know, hosting and serving and bartending for years. Mm. And then, um, you know, the pandemic hit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, you know, I was on serve and that, I know everybody went through it, but it was like, oh my God, I literally have nothing to do because there was film sets were shut down for that little first little part and photo shoots weren't yeah. happening. And they still yeah. are like weird about photo shoots coming back. Um, film sets are more, you know, uh, up and running, but then restaurants still like weren't a thing. And that was like my yeah. socialization. That's where I've met so many amazing people. All my best friends I've met through working basically. Um, yeah. But uh, after we were called back, to uh work last year in 2020 uh I had just reached a point of like I I can't do this forever it was anyone Mm. who's worked in service during this these times is just I I you know hats off to you because it's so difficult (laughs) it is to ensure safety and you're you're taking on the job of something that didn't even exist before it's yeah I just couldn't do it and um then we got shut down again in November and then we reopened in May, was it May or June? I can't remember, but um, my boss asked me if I wanted to go back and I just said, no. And I, it was, I was not financially prepared to go back and there mm. to not go back, but I just said, like, I, I just can't do it. I can't do it another, because I, I don't, God bless, I always have respect for 
restaurant workers, I'm not a good waitress. I am not a good <laughs> bartender. I'm a horrible, like I, you know, I love people, but then I'm like, yeah. I, I, I can't lie with my face anymore. I just, mm. <laughs> it was getting in the way. I could, yeah. I could. But you're an actor. I, that's the thing. They're it's like, practice. It's like, why can't you just grit your teeth through six years of service? I'm like, yeah. Uh, so I, I did quit and I was like, what am I going to do? Um, mm. I now I, I was lucky. I uh, found a job uh, writing for uh, arts and culture magazines called Smart Magazine. That's um, so cool. Is, yeah, I, I am. That's, that's so cool. <laughs> I it literally was the perfect time of like I quit this job with no financial plan, and then yeah. I got an email being like, "Hey, uh, we got your application. Do you want to write?" So I was wow. writing for a bit, and then um, they needed an. A copy editor so I was editing that and it, it's kind of this imposter wow. syndrome of <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing but I think I'm doing it pretty well <laughs> like I, yeah I I was not an editor before I don't have like an English degree I'm just I'm, I'm a Virgo so everything needs to be perfect and <laughs> yeah uh I think that I'm pretty good editor now because I'm like my for me, it's it's one of those things that I read a text message and I edit it in my brain. So yeah. now that I'm an editor and now I do kind of less writing, but more of the editing. And that's it, it's been great. And I've also been able to develop the magazine a lot. And that's cool. I've, I'm, it's something I'm super proud of. And I yeah, it's something again, something I did not see myself doing ever. But <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 not always consistent income. So I have to I keep doing act. I'm still doing acting. I'm still doing modeling. I'm still doing editing. I pick up whatever jobs need to be done. Um, I've mm. done uh, administrative assistance before, like filing and yeah, all that. Like temp work or yeah, it's okay. And it's what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go. You go. Go. Oh, it's um. Yeah, it, it's again. It, you have to find when you're looking for your day job, you have to find where your strengths are. Mine is mm. organizing and I can, you know, I'm very detail oriented. Um, obviously not everybody is, but it's like you, there's always a job, a day job, but you have to be like realistic with like, yeah. how much are you willing to sacrifice for your art and how much are you willing to sacrifice for your job? I think there's like, I've talked about this recently. I think there's freedom in being okay with being fired. Like yeah. As an artist. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. If you're, like if you're like – if you don't love your job that much as an artist, like I think that's better maybe. Or maybe that's just what I tell myself to feel better. But I'm like – because if I get a big opportunity and, you know, I have to go be gone for two months um, and my job is not okay with that, like – I'm okay with them not being okay with that exactly. because I'd rather do my acting gig or whatever else like comes up. So, and yeah, I, I've been in that position before <laughs> where, um, and you know, it's always a, it's in the end, it's always a gift because it's, it's, mm. it frees you of something that you didn't know was holding you down. I, I was a waitress at this one place. We, we had switched managements and it was, uh, bonafide shit show and yeah. uh it came down to scheduling and i said like hey uh by the way i have a shoot in montreal on tuesday and i cannot make this shift i will not be here and then he mm -hmm. said you know this new manager then oh well 
you need to come in. But he was not yeah. a great person to work with. And I just, yeah. and for anyone listening, uh, two weeks is not a thing. Two weeks notice is just not, like, that's not mandated anywhere. Um, no. It's for cur- courtesy. But if yeah. you just say, like, no, I, I'm done. Then what are they going to do? Like handcuff you to your like workstation? Like, hey, like, you, like you have to serve <laughs> these people for another week and a half. Yeah, like, no, yeah. It's, it's so that was the one time where I just I got that text message being like, no, you have to work. When I was mm-hmm. like, I I need to do this job, which I was going to get paid more for that day mm-hmm. versus <laughs> yeah uh, going to work, and I just said like, no, I just. The next, uh, I opened up my email and I said, uh, like, I'm done, basically. Bye. Best of luck. And in, in in the end, it was a blessing because in that two-week period, I think it was like 10 people quit because of this management. Wow. And, it, you know. Yeah. Long story short, that whole place went down the toilet. But, you know, yeah. you get out when you need to get out. And it was one of those difficult things of like, oh, shit, I don't know if I should do this. But it was like, I don't mm. care. I, I need to do this to for my own sanity. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But just like, like have faith. Like, you know, you'll figure it out as long as you're like moving in the direction you feel like you need to be moving. Exactly. And it's, it, it, it kind of goes both ways too of, you know, you can't let, saying no is very, it's very powerful. And it's something I'm still getting used <laughs> to because yeah. I am such like a, oh, I don't want anyone to be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like, no, I, I don't want to do it because I don't want to do it. And you don't need any more excuses. And yeah. it's it's kind of – I'm trying I'm still trying to get into it. And I'm I'm an adult woman. And it's 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 kind of freeing to be like, no. It's just yeah. beautiful. No. Like somebody wants me to do something for free that I don't want to do. No. Like somebody wants me to do this or go this. No. It's – Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> It's yeah, I think uh, a lot of women fall into that trap of like just people pleasing and like need like or at least a lot of like my friends are like just same position as you learning now how to be like say no and set boundaries and like be like I can just say no and not give you a reason like you don't need to know why I'm saying no I'm allowed to just say no. (laughs) We're so afraid of how we look to other people and I I, you know I noticed that in even people way older than me, but it's just like, if I start Mm. now, it's going to get better of just setting boundaries. It's so difficult. It's so much easier to just say that. But then when you're confronted by the actual situation, you get into this like mousy little, Oh, I don't know. I actually might be busy that day. Instead of just saying, no, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. What excuse can I make? I literally, like, I think that's like what I've always wanted to be is that person to just say, fuck you. That's why, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, to, to work up to, I legitimately don't care what other people think of me. I think that's kind of the ultimate goal. I I said to my sister recently, she's like, well, what, like, you know, what's your ultimate like goal? And I just say, I want to be feared. (laughs) I want to walk into a room. I want to walk into a room and people go, "Oh my god!" Like it's her. Like don't piss her off. Even though (laughs) that's so that's so not me. But it's like, yeah, I was gonna say you're like the sweetest person ever. I can't picture that. I think my favorite movie is uh, The Devil Wears Prada. I'm like, I think if I just want to, I knew that's where you're going with that. I just want to be Miranda Priestly. Like, 
That's awesome. (laughs) Fear and respect go hand in hand, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I think it is tough too because like there's the natural, you know, everyone wants to be liked. And then there's um, like in the industry, you want to be liked so that people want to work with you too, right? Exactly. It's like, don't be a dick, but also like respect yourself, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. And like, I think it's, it's what you were talking about with modeling of like, you know, you're an adult, you're not afraid to just like, you know, say no, be like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to travel across the world and spend $2,000 on traveling for a $500 gig. Like, I'm not going to do that. You know, I think it's, uh, it's knowing when it's like, oh, you're just saying no. And that's justifiable. And like, not be afraid of like, I can say this and you're not going to hate me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the, it's, and, and I've always found that people who are honest and genuine mm. are the people that you want to work with the most people who come up with excuses and yeah. all that to just, just seem more palatable are mm. the people you don't end up being super close with because then you don't know if they're being genuine you don't know if they're being honest with you and in the end it's like if you just have somebody that's just like honest and lays down the law those are the people that you build the strongest relationships with absolutely like I love people who are like sometimes kind of a dick because I'm like that's that's you're being honest right like you're going to be the nicest most empathetic person sometimes you can be a dick but I know you're always going to be real with me because like if you're always 100% nice, like you, it's coming out somewhere. Like, I, I don't know. Some people are just like ridiculously sweet, nice people. But I think most of the time it's like if it's not coming out in a public forum, it's happening like behind people's backs. So I'd rather it just be out in the open. <laughs> I don't have a great intuition, but I always have the intuition of people I can't trust. <laughs> I'm like, if you are just – if someone – like, but that – I mean – Again, it comes back to how genuine are they being? If you ask somebody how mm. they're doing, oh, great. You know that they're not great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can see yeah. it in your eyes. Just tell me the truth. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty, like, I, I have this, and my friends can attest to this. And it's, I always say, like, I'm very good at, like, calling out people on their bullshit. And, but in the moment, but I always just mm. say the, I always just say the thing that's right. I don't care if it hurts people's feelings in the moment. It, mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of, it, it's, people might see that as like a little dickish if they don't know me, but it's like, if it's one of those things that if there's like an offensive joke and somebody laughs at it and they try to cover it up, I go, I see you laughing. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I will call people out. Cause I'm like, you were trying to be, you were trying to cover up who you were and I don't like that. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, and it helps people to just like kind of like th- break down that shell a bit because I think people are just build up this image of themselves of like I'm this perfect person. And it's like just to break that yeah. down and just be like, just be fucking real. That's all I want, you know? That's like society's always kind of been that way. And then, of course, the most talked about thing like social media contributes to that. And I think the interesting thing about being an artist is like simultaneously I find artists can be the most real people that you'll meet and like just very authentic and vulnerable 
but they can also be the fakest people you meet, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know what it is about, like, like I can only speak to like the acting industry mostly, but like acting and musicians maybe that I know, but like it it, it just attracts people who are either like very authentic or are just like putting on a show for the world. <laughs> it's a it's a delicate balance of God social media. It's mm. what you put out there is it it is a delicate balance of reality and what I want people to see and yeah. it's you know because I'm not you're, also, you're a model you're your own brand right exactly. so you like obviously you have to put out all great like you're not going to put out a photo where you look fucking terrible I don't know if that exists but <laughs> oh oh you're you're looking at it right now <laughs> uh it, it's true though it I don't I'm not one to post all my problems to social media either. I'm not hmm. going to be like, oh my God, my car broke down. And but like, I cannot stand those people that yeah. like post every horrible thought that they have online. But I also mm. can't stand people who don't, you know, they, they have to maintain this image of themselves and it's so Photoshopped and it's so unreal. I, I used to Photoshop all my pictures and I, mm. I went back and I deleted all of them. Anyone that I knew that I like, I, you know, brought in my stomach a little bit, like I deleted mm. that because I was like, this isn't real. I, I don't do that anymore because I'm like, good for you. I, I'm so, I'm so sick and tired of people. And I, it had gotten to the point where people were like, oh, you look like you're doing great. Like you're, you must be making mm. like so much money and you must be like, you know, just living mm. the life. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm so yeah. boring. I sit on the couch. I watch TV for 12 hours a day. But then I'm like, oh my God, I'm not living a genuine life where everyone thinks that I'm out succeeding and I live this like mm. model's life and I'm traveling and like, no, I fucking, I, I can't. I, so I'm trying to work on like posting and I, I don't like to post selfies with too much makeup. And even in real life, like I don't wear makeup day to day Yeah, when I used yeah. to all the time. But it's because I just I just want to be real and I just want people to not not project this image of like like I, I have it all together because yeah. I, I really don't. And it, I, it, that sounds so like and that's more interesting to look at, too, though. Right. Because mm-hmm. you see your personality and that stuff like your your birthday post you did like fake paparazzi <laughs> shoot with your friends. That's fucking hilarious. Like that's the shit that like is going to draw people to like Maddie the person and not just like, oh, Maddie the model and actress, right? Yeah, I think that's like where you, people who know me know that that's like the real, I just, I love goofing. I love like jokes. And I think that the captions where I try to express myself the most um, Mm. and because it's like, yeah, I am like posting this like styled image with professional makeup and professional lighting and pictures. But I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's, again, that's not me. I think anybody who knows me is like, wow, that's a really hot picture. That's a really great fucking photograph. But I'm like, that's not Maddie. Like, Mm. I I don't know. It's, it's, again, it's a delicate balance because I'm not super vulnerable online either. I'm, I don't think I would ever make a very like, you know, vulnerable post of everything I've ever gone through and, uh, you know, my memoir (laughs) in a caption, like I, but that's my privacy as well. That's just something that 
you know yeah you don't have to everybody's going through something all the time and I it's like I can't stress that enough it's also it's that's also the comparison game as well when they say comparisons and thief of joy they're not kidding they are Mm. not kidding it's like you're not watching the person that you compare yourself to to the most 100% of the time and people would never post themselves at like their actual most vulnerable state no that's That's such a gen z thing though like videos of yourself crying i don't it is a gen z i noticed that like why why are you why is something horrible happened to you and your first thought is like let me take a video of myself having a mental fucking breakdown like i again it's i you know i appreciate the 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 emotional honesty but then it's like i have to tell like i have younger friends who do that and i just have to tell them like hey the internet is permanent just so you know it's this is this will follow you whatever you put out there so you do have to find that balance of privacy and it's like you can't live your life on your phone and just just have a genuine moment of like nobody needs to know what's happening to me right now and i have to deal with that inward Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Yeah. um you touched on something that like I was curious about and surprised me like just mentioning um like when you're photoshopping your photos like taking in your stomach or whatever which is like you are like so petite I can't imagine that being something that you felt the need to do um and so I wondered how like if at all modeling has kind of affected your own like your self-image or or the way you view yourself if that was like a positive or a negative thing or just kind of both Oh yeah, we're getting real. I like. It. Real. Are we ready to get real? I'm like excited yeah. about this. Um, yeah, I. That's. I mean, that's a great. That's a great question. I. Honestly, it's like, I, I'm. I was always very insecure about my own body. I developed later than like everybody in high school. I didn't get boobs until I was 17, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I was. I was constantly comparing my body to other people. Um, and then when I got into modeling and it's, again, this is a privileged thing for me to say, and no one's, no one has ever asked me to lose weight as a model. And yeah, I hear that's good horror stories. And I mean, like, well, you're all right. You're very petite. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're, you're, you're stunningly beautiful, but like, you're like, you already have the model built. That's, like that's the thing. But then this thing comes into you of like, you're so scared of losing that as well. And mm. it, the problem with like modeling is that you start to see your body as an identity. Um, so I kind of had the opposite happen. That again, I'm getting real here. If anybody's listening to this and who knows me, like fuck, but whatever. Um, I yeah. I had anorexia and I lived with that when I was in my mid like early twenties. It started with bulimia and then went into anorexia, and it was it, during lockdown. It was the worst. I. I lost a lot of weight and I was so insecure. Everyone thinks like, Oh, you're, you look great when you no, you're so insecure about your body that you just, yeah. you, you cover up. You're like, I don't want anyone looking at me. And I, I lost, mm. I lost like 50% of my hair, it like fucking fell out. And that was like wow. the worst part of it. But it's like, I, you know, I had eating disorders in my family are genetic. So it wasn't mm. part of, um, it wasn't part of uh, modeling. It had nothing to do with like modeling or image or anything. It was just like, 
I had reached a very awful point in my life and then the eating disorder developed and then that all happened. And then Mm -hmm. I started getting back into modeling when I was at that level. And so then people were kind of like, Oh, like you look great. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Like you, you don't know what I look like. And now I'm like back to like pretty much my pre awful state. Yeah. Very much. Like it it took a lot. Um, and like Mm -hmm. a lot of like, this is very, this is very vulnerable. I've never spoken about this before. This is very funny. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. But, um, if then like people were like complimenting me on my body when I was like, do not, do not think that this is healthy. And I'm, I, and and I was in that state of like, oh, thanks. Like, like I can't say it, but I'm like, don't. And I remember I was on a shoot, uh, and the, the, the stylist just said like your body is perfect don't let anyone change you and I was like I am so unhealthy right now what are you saying to these girls like I then it had nothing to do with like my job but I was just in this state where I was like okay like if I was in a more vulnerable position I would have maintained that or even gone worse so it's just this delicate people think that you're and 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 I think that's also the thing with eating disorders is people think that it's has so much to do with your body image it's like it's no you hate yourself it's control so thing, much right? yeah it's like it's just one of those things that people think that you're okay and mm. like people think that it's just like oh it's just losing no you you are in the worst state before anyone can actually see it yeah and then people like yeah and then and then and then you just you you hit a point you always like not everybody I know, like a family member of mine has had um, ha- had an eating disorder for she's had anorexia since she was like twelve years old. She's twenty nine now, and mm-hmm. it's something that she, like she's hit so many points of like feeling better and getting better, and then it just like hits again and again. Hopefully, I don't hit that point again. I've yeah. luckily been able to like work myself out of that, but yeah, it, you have to recognize it when and when you're in that state, you also see a lot of people, you, you just become more sensitive to it. It's not unique. There's mm-hmm. so many people who go through that. So many people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it, you're not alone, but you're also alone because you convince yourself yeah. that you're alone in that. Yeah. I, I'm, so if it wasn't like, if it's like, feel free to say no, if this is too much. Um, but if it, it wasn't modeling that triggered it. Was it um, kind of an emotional reaction to something? Was it a, a control thing or just like you just couldn't eat? Like what? Oh, uh, yeah. So again, let's get real. I love this. <laughs> um, so yeah, it started like years ago when I was I was very like much hiding it. Um, mm. My my dad died when I was literally like the I'm week sorry. I... Thank you. Um, <laughs> I always say people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you didn't wow. kill him. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I just Dark I humor. have like oh horrible it. like coping mechanisms Jesus um, yeah I, I can really <laughs> um, my dad died and that's when I started with like uh, mm. like the bulimic tendencies I was you know like, I'm not gonna yeah. get into that shit I would not ever get into that shit yeah. but um yeah it was yeah. um and then it again it was like a control thing of like mm-hmm. for some reason that's the illusion that you're like oh I have this like this is my my way to get the stress out. Yeah. Um, and then, and I've never, I 
actually told anybody about this and it, except for like my doctor and my fucking therapist but um yeah. um and then uh yeah in late 2019 my best friend passed away from cancer and it was Fuck. it was the worst thing i've ever gone through and it was i mean it was one thing yeah. after another my 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 cat died and then my grandfather died two weeks later and it was just oh my god i was literally out of control in my life and i was like i have nothing and i was still going to work and i was still like and i was just driving myself and i literally just hit this wall of like i am so out Mm. of control but by the time you reach that it's too far it's too far and you don't even notice it and you lose control of everything and it's you yeah and you just you fall into these horrible behaviors these coping mechanisms you're like this is going to make me feel better and so much of that was it was genetic for me I you know people Mm -hmm. in my family have that and I you don't realize it until it happens to you basically of like and you're in denial you're like no this is not like this is just I'm stressed out and I'm doing this and no you have a problem in addressing that and being like I need help that's yeah. the hardest thing. And then and then comes getting help, which is just absolutely abysmal. Like it's <laughs> it, the Canadian mental health services, like oh yeah. I just you know, unless you're even if you are literally at crisis of like, I don't know what else I'm gonna do, mm. there's barely any help. Like it's just it's you have to pay for your therapist. Luckily, like, again, I'm in this privileged position of, like, I was able to go to a therapist. And yeah. I was able to, um, like, I, I, you know, I have a dietitian, And I was able to, like, go to my mm. doctor. And I have, like, yeah, I, it, but it's, it's, again, it's a secret thing. There's so much stigma yeah. around mental health. And, and it's not unique. I know so many people going through that. And luckily, my generation, yeah. I just feel like, we're more open about going to therapy and we're more open about having bad days, especially our history of like (laughs) being depressed and all this. Yeah. But how beautiful is it to live in a world where like you can just be hanging with your friends. You're like, Oh, my therapist said this thing the other week and it's just casual. Right. right? (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Like, Oh, my therapist had great advice on that. Let me ask her. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can see it you can see in our parents' generation where that didn't work. And mm-hmm. it's just, oh my God. You, The more I like am so open about myself, the more I see like my parents' generation be like, yeah. like yeah. just seal up into this little shell. And I'm like, oh, I wish that you could just live a genuine life and be, and like be okay and be free. And again, like, I think you have to catch it before it's too late. And luckily with my generation, hopefully that's something that we bring that's yeah. like better. And obviously our kids are going to look at us and be like, they're so like, <laughs> they're not free. They're not doing like, my parents are yeah. so fucked up. Like, but that, I mean, that's yeah. just natural, but hopefully it's like, it we're making better. It better every gen- I mean, look at their parents' generation too, right? Like our grandparents' generation was even more like. Go to war off. and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's, I always talk about this because I feel like it's so much more socially acceptable to talk about certain mental health issues and it's fucked up. It's like, why is there lines drawn? Mm -hmm. You know, know, like you talk about, there's a stigma with eating disorders, right? But like, there's no stigma when it comes to um, something like 
I don't know, ADHD. Like, I don't, it's not the same thing at all, but like, or PTSD, you can talk about, oh, this person has PTSD because he fought in the war. But if I'm, or I can talk about, oh, I have PTSD from being in a car accident. But if you talk about, oh, I have PTSD from being sexually assaulted, that's like, that's too much. Like that is, <laughs> that's not socially acceptable to discuss. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just like, where, where are these lines drawn and why? Like, <laughs> I think it, because it makes people so uncomfortable and people don't know what yeah. to do with being uncomfortable. Like, Imagine being in your shoes yeah, then. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> I, you know, what, you, so there's this whole thing that I've discovered recently. It's it's called trauma dumping. It's like where you're like, you're like, oh, hey, how are you doing, Quincy? And you're just like, not good. My cat blew up this morning. And you're like, oh, I didn't need to know that. Like, there's a time and a place. But it's also, there's also, you know, if you're talking to somebody you genuinely are like open with and very, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's one thing versus like a complete stranger of like going yeah. to somebody on the street and being like, help me with all my problems. There's yeah. a time and a place, but it's also like your friends are going to you for a reason. It's because they mm-hmm. don't know what else to do. And I think that's yeah. personally, that's where I've been stuck. I've always been like, no one's going to get what I'm going through. So I'm just going to not say anything. But then yeah. it bottles up, it backs up and it's then you can't be vulnerable about anything. It just domino yeah. effect. Yeah. Um, but it, people need to have those open conversations to, to destigmatize. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay yeah. with it. And it's, you know what? I think it's okay to not know how to react to uh, mm-hmm. conversations like that. Mm-hmm. It's okay to like, you know, personally, uh, like, you know, it's like, you can't relate to every it's kind of when we were talking about the roles you can't relate to everything but you can sit yeah. there and you can listen and be like hey you can empathize yeah and yeah. yeah obviously it's like it's give and take in a relationship uh, especially with mm-hmm. friendships you do have to be like oh you know you can't just be constantly complaining and dumping and it's like I have that problem of like I accept that a lot but I never Mm. give it out until it's too late and then I'm really dumping on people (laughs) and it's yeah you have to find that it's like your friends aren't your therapist they're there to help you and support you but like but yeah it's it's you need that's why I'm like I love therapy so much because it is objective (laughs) nobody has any your, your therapy your therapist doesn't have any like they don't side with your friends they don't side with your yeah. parents they they're not and they don't even side with you they just no. say this is what you should do and yeah I, that's I mean I always recommend everybody should go to therapy everybody should go to therapy I think everyone should go to therapy yeah. <laughs> I'm, with I'm with you and you'll be like people are so surprised when they first open up of being like yeah. I didn't know how much I had trapped in the yeah. depths yeah. of my soul like it's yeah, yeah. it's I you can tell who hasn't gone to therapy, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> sitting with discomfort is something that we're so, especially this generation, so you can just, you can escape discomfort so easily by just going on your phone, like yeah. going on social media, like being, like surrounding yourself with all this, like, this, like, cloud of, like, everything's okay. But it's like to mm-hmm. have that, those real, genuine connections with people, you have to sit with the the vulnerabilities and you have to sit with the uh the discomfort 
I know I've said that a mm-hmm. lot, but it's mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's where like I don't know. They talk about that. There's some saying about that with art of like, like no good art comes from a place of comfort, like shit like that. And Absolutely. I think it's the same for like relationships. Like no good connection can be built if it's all like you just stick to the safe and what's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, like talk about like friendship, romantic, like any any of it. Like I think you know, I think there's 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 got to be some element of like <laughs> leaving your comfort zone a little bit to like properly connect. Absolutely. And it's like, if you can't, if you surround yourself with people who constantly cover up mm. their feelings and pretend that everything's great and they you'll notice a lot, the conversations turn to surface level. And at that point, yeah. you know, it's like, you don't know either. <laughs> and it's okay to abandon those, those friendships and those relationships of like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you'll never, you'll never dig deeper than this with me. Yeah. You may with other yeah. people, but with me, it's like, no, I, I, de- I, I like, it's kind of like I demand that of my friendships, which is like, yeah, <laughs> I hate like text conversations. If I have a real conversation with somebody, I, I call them because it's like yeah. people do like the react on iMessage. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Heart react. Like, fuck off. Like, just tell me, <laughs> just tell me you love me. I like, oh, my God. It's, it's that's so funny. I, I I I have like Android too, so whenever people do that, I get it's the weirdest thing. It says loved and then in quotes my message. Oh yeah, like, it'll be like John loved, like <laughs> yeah, or it'll be like ha ha quotes my message because they reacted with like a laugh emoji. Like I just find it so funny. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, because that'll come up on the like you're like on a laptop it'll come up as like something loved that I'm like, oh my god like yeah, yeah just, that, that's, that's how it shows up on my phone in my text if someone reacts to a message that they have iphone <laughs> though i i will admit my own fault of like if i don't know how to respond I'll just lol <laughs> my phone down. yeah like am i a good friend just like know. and leave <laughs> oh my god so I do want to – I'm going to abandon the topic, I promise. But I wanted to end on, like, a, a positive note there um, of, like, just if if anyone is listening who is struggling, like, how did you – what what did you find was the turning point for you or how did you end up getting through it? Was it just building your support system or was there, like, a crucial moment or um, – I think that everybody, when they – everyone has – this idea of like this movie moment of where you're like gazing into the sunset and you're like, Oh my God, (laughs) what am I doing with my life? And then you like go and build a cabin in the woods. Like, no, it is, (laughs) it is for me, it was getting dragged tooth and nail and just pulling myself Mm. out of the shit. And Mm -hmm. you, it's, it's still a fight. You, it's not like it magically goes away. And I think that's with any mental illness, any, any shitty thing that you're going through, it's not going to be get better overnight. It's never, it, it's something you do have to actively work on because it comes back. Mm-hmm. It does come back in different mm-hmm. forms, whatever that may be for whoever's listening, but you have to recognize it. You have to be like, you need to know when you're not okay. And mm-hmm. to cover that up and be like, I'm like, I, Oh, yeah, it's, it's, you, you have to fight it. You have to recognize when you need to fight and be on the offensive instead of just mm-hmm. allowing yourself to go through that because 
regardless of what anybody says, oh, you need to suffer to be a good artist. You, no, you need to be healthy to be yeah. a good artist. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, yeah. you, there's no art and there's no work if you're not there physically mm-hmm. or mentally. It's you need mm-hmm. to, you need to be there and taking care of yourself and stepping away from things that don't serve you, things that are hurting you, things that are drowning you in shit. Get up and yeah. yeah. It's okay to cut things like that on your life. And I think my my number one message to artists is fucking take care of yourself because you deserve it regardless of okay. regardless of whether you think you do or not, you do. That's it. <laughs> that includes Thank you, you, Quincy. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I'm gonna end on a lighter note. Um, oh, yeah. I like to ask this que- I like to ask this question. Um so as We'll start with modeling first. As a model, who are some people that you really look up to? Like other models. Model. Wait, can we pause for a second? Yeah. Okay. So who are some models that you look up to? Oh, um, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I, I love I, I love Alexina Graham. She's a Victoria's Secret model who okay. she's a redhead and she's like a bit older. And she's just like wacky and goofy. And I, I just love the way that she is. I love um, Ali Michael. She's just very unapologetic about her her image and her like her like body hair and mm. how she appears to people. And she's just very like genuine. Um, Devin Carlson, who's uh, she again, it's more of a, she's just super positive and she's very like happy to be exactly who she is anybody mm-hmm. who curates i i kind of steer away from anyone who curates an image of themselves of like everything's perfect all the time and mm. this is just how i look and my body doesn't have any like bumps or curves or and i'm just always in a bikini on a beach and like no yeah <laughs> yeah i and you know what that's fine by them i think that that's great but it's just not for me and I I I just I also love I can't think of a good example I love anyone who's super androgynous and very like masculine Mm. energy I just I I love women who like I guess just in general like cisgender women who aren't afraid to embrace that masculinity and Mm. obviously there's uh models who are not in the gender binary who also just fluctuate between like masculine and feminine uh energy and I like I love that I just I also love people who aren't conventionally like perfect I love wonky teeth I I love wonky teeth that's like my one thing Um, really uh (laughs) I have like I got braces and obviously Mm. I needed them because I used to have the worst fucking overbite is awful as a teenager but I I love that I love scars I love like anything that just like sets apart you know crazy hair yeah it's it's hard to it's because there's just so many people who do that and I guess that's what I love about the modeling industry now is that like no one looks perfect anymore and that's just what is like again like real to me and genuine cool Thank you. I'll look some of these people up. And in terms of acting, who who are your acting inspirations? Ooh, ah, that's good. Uh, favorite <laughs> male actors. Ugh, I love 
Michael Fassbender is probably like my fail, favorite male mm-hmm. actor. He like I always have like favorite performances, and his in Shame mm-hmm. I've never gotten over. I I just think that it's just one of the most never seen Shame. Yeah, ah, you you gotta you gotta okay. Like I recommend that to everybody. It's mm. it's disturbing. I think, and yeah. it, it it the. I've like, read the script weirdly enough, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's the Steam Queen's um, use of long shots. Are, again, it mm. kind of gets people like uncomfortable because it also puts the actors in that you're. We're not cutting away from this. You just have to be in. You can't that. hide from your emotions between yeah, takes. You have to be <laughs> yeah. in that shot. Um, uh, favorite female actors? Um, I mean, Viola Davis, number one. She's just so fucking real and so raw. Mm. And Kate Blanchett, Nicole Kidman. Mm. I love I love anyone, anyone who's not afraid to do exactly what they want. Yeah. I think if people are only playing like, you know, Oscar winning movies and uh, you know, really good scripts, it's like, okay, that's uh, good for you. That's good. And that's mm. great but it's like i love people who do kids movies people do cartoons uh yeah you know it's uh people who do like, or like cameron films. diaz who is she i didn't i just found out she voiced fiona in shrek how did i never know no that? way like, she's I in the literally, first the, the open credits <laughs> i love it i've seen that movie so many times and i had no idea oh <laughs> <laughs> Shrek is yeah. love and Shrek is life but um, <laughs> it's so good <laughs> I, and that's an, I've never done voice acting I would love to do voice acting I oh, be I hate the sound of my own voice but really I, it's just a disconnect thing it's just a mm. I can't like I know so many actors who don't watch themselves they don't watch mm. their own tapes they don't watch like I their own work I, I hate it so much it's weird because it's that people are like oh no you're good I'm like no 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 I'm awful like did you see that yeah <laughs> we watch this yeah I I don't love my but I would love to do voice acting because I I grew up on cartoons I still I watch every animated show every animated movie like that's just yeah it's something I would love that's it, that was another thing if if I could fucking draw at all I would have been an animator but I can't right i wish i've tried every now and then i pick up a sketchbook and i'm like i'm gonna learn and then i give up i'm like i'm a real artist this is really hard my sister my sister and my one of my best friends uh uh kyver look her up uh she's Mm. an artist and my sister's an artist and they create like you i'm just astounded astounded at how like beautiful their art is and they're like oh it's shit and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about but i'm like that's it's just a it's the common denominator across all artists it's oh yeah everything i make is shit and everyone's like what the fuck are you talking about yeah (laughs) so your sister you you have just one sister or other siblings one older sister yeah and you're both into like arts. That's so cool. I know. Like, does it like kind of run in the family? It does. So my my mom's a computer analyst, and my dad was a um, construction. Uh, it's a, I, you know how much I know about construction. Uh, he was in construction a, something. Yeah, he, he moved. He he operated the machines. He was an operator, I guess. Okay. Um, he so but they my mom uh, was into music. She 
played piano and she used to do art. She used to like paint murals on our walls as kids. And my dad was like an amazing artist as well. I have like all his Mm. work still. And uh, yeah. And then had two little artists and my sister is a brilliant, brilliant artist. And I am, people take pictures of me. So. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant artist as well. Just different format. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, I have so many, I know so many people who are artists and their parents never supported them or didn't, mm. are still doubtful of them. And it's like, my parents have always, always a hundred percent supported me. Like they were just like, yeah, do it, do it. Like, yeah. So I, I you know, thank God I have that. Yeah. That. I know like, so many people don't have that support and I, I always did. So I'm very grateful for that. That's awesome. Well, this was so fun. Thank you so much. Oh my God. I feel so like free and vulnerable. I'm like, I feel so good. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Um, I always like to give the guests the floor at the end. So if there's any final words you want to say, um, any like words of wisdom to pass on or just, yeah, some, some final thing. Anyone listening, thank you for listening. For I don't know how long this was. Am I rambling? We just cut it down to like five minutes. Um, oh, I don't edit these really. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's it's just live your life exactly how you want to live it. That is my final advice on anything. And screw anyone who says otherwise. Um, yeah, it's I I think you if you're not there now, you'll, you'll find your way. It's everyone does. And I, I, you know, I'm still working on it too. I'm very, I'm going to listen to this in like a year and be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, you, <laughs> you were nowhere. What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. So don't get discouraged and you deserve, I get, going back to what we were saying before, you deserve help. You deserve mm-hmm. love and, uh, and to be all right with yourself. Yeah. Thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, no, promote promote all your things, uh, like social media, if you like websites, IMDb, I'm going to link it, but uh, you can say it out loud for the people who don't read bios. Yeah, I am on Instagram. What the fuck is my Instagram handle? Oh my God. I think, oh, it's just at, at Madeline.Kane. That is my Instagram. Uh, you can uh, I'm on TikTok. No, I am on TikTok. I make a TikTok. Are you actually? I make one TikTok every year. And <laughs> it is, it's more of the obsession for me. It's it's mm. it's deadly. I swear I can drain a whole day on there. You're just a lurker. <laughs> yeah. I, I made one viral TikTok. There's this sound. There's this uh, song that sounds like Ben Schwartz from okay. Parks and Rec. And um uh, uh 30 rock he's he's an actor and there's a song where it sounds like he's singing and then i put that together it has like two hundred thousand views and i'm that's like, hilarious like i don't know who's watching i don't know how that got blew up that's my one viral that's my one and then people go to your page and they're like oh she has four things like the other ones <laughs> are literally mind. videos of my cat and that's it <laughs> um uh, <I> <laughs> let's see uh yeah uh that's my instagram uh, you can catch me. We do Zoom script reads. Go on Facebook, uh, mm. find the group Classic Script Reads, Classic Script Readings, 
and uh, you can join it. And we host a uh, script read every Sunday, sometimes different what? days. It's I, That's I, so I cool. didn't bring this up before, but yeah, it's uh, my friend <laughs> Trent. Uh, he uh, started this uh, about a year ago now, um, mm. just to have some fun little uh, TV and movie script reads. And it's grown to be this amazing supportive group of actors um, and people of all artistries in there and they're just super supportive and I found a lot of actors that if I need readers or anything they're all on there and yeah so yeah join that if 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 anyone's listening they can and yeah nice that's all I do awesome (laughs) thank you thank Thank you you so much (laughs) and everyone thank you for listening to another episode of why not here can you take what I bring? I mean all this Kicking back and forth like college days Lazy You want a backyard day with the saison You better come my way, bring a cold one Swim back and forth, take my clothes off No Kicking back